You're listening to the Tech Life Today podcast featuring thoughtful stories and diverse personalities of the alumni, students, and staff of the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. This is the place to learn and be entertained by people with a passion and a purpose, both inside and outside the classroom. The Tech Life Today podcast is an extension of Tech Life Today, Nate's online magazine. You can find more stories online by visiting techlifetoday.ca or by going to Tech Life Nate on Facebook and Twitter. Hello, I'm Brian Allery, your guest host for today's podcast. I'm a writer and editor for Tech Life Today. Do you remember your first dream job? Remember when you were a kid and dreamed of floating in space as an astronaut? Or racing down the street in a big red fire engine saving lives? Or how about skating up ice on a breakaway and winning the Stanley Cup for the Oilers? For many of us, those childhood ambitions changed over time, along with our interests. But once in a while, those dreams do come true. Today, we're speaking with two-time Nate alumnus, Tony Barrar, who is very much living his dream. Like many of us in oil country, Tony grew up as an avid Oilers fan, but instead of playing on the ice, he dreamed of talking about the game from a broadcast booth. And that's exactly what he does for a living as a reporter and digital content producer with Oilers TV. He's with the team day in and day out, interviewing the likes of superstars Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. But covering the NHL isn't something that happens overnight. We'll learn about all the hard work and dues Tony put into his craft. As a second-generation Canadian, we'll also learn about how family helped shape his dreams and what it's been like covering the Oilers when playoffs are still very much in the cards. Tony, welcome to the Tech Life Today podcast. Anytime, man. This is fantastic. Appreciate you guys having me back. So let's start off. Um, the season has been a sigh of relief for a lot of longtime Oilers fans. Yep. There's finally a playoff race. We've got a renewed Battle of Alberta. Two superstars having MVP type seasons in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And we even have a little bit of drama with the injury to McDavid more recently. Yep. So as a reporter covering the team and looking for stories, that's got to be a dream scenario for you. Yeah, it always helps when you're able to shed some positivity on the team. And when they're winning, you know, there's a there's a famous sports quote out there, winning cures all. And it really makes our jobs a lot easier as well, just because it's fun to be around the rink. Not saying it's not fun when they lose because you have to take it in stride knowing that, you know, this is still your dream job, but everyone's happy being around there. The moods are great. You're happy reporting on that. I'm a positive guy. So it kind of helps when I can shed positivity on my day to day. So getting to watch the team that I grew up watching ever since I was five years old, having some success now, especially after what ha- transpired in the last 13 years or so, it's definitely a rewarding feeling for sure. What's that mood like around the team? team right now. It's it's fantastic. The guys are loose. They're really enjoying playing the game right now. And I think that's the most important thing, Brian, is is uh, these are hockey players and hockey comes first because that's why they're at this level is because of the love of the game. And I think sometimes in our day-to-day, not just hockey players now, but for everyone in their lives, we kind of lose track of our passions. We kind of lose track of why we're doing certain things. And I think understanding the why in life is so important because because as a hockey player, of course, you grew up wanting to play in the NHL and the joy of hockey kind of gets lost on a day to day. You know, you have to, you have a lot of coaching schemes to go through. You have matchups to go through. You have preparation. You have to work out. You have to do a bunch of different things that you almost kind of just, I don't want to say forget, but it's almost on the back burner, the joy of the game. And I feel like winning again, cures all in bringing out the joy of the game and reminds players and then reminds everybody else in their lives when you have a good day 
that I love what I do and I want to keep doing this. So your role is as a reporter and digital content uh, producer for for Oilers TV. You're probably seeing a, a completely different side of the game than you were used to seeing as yeah. a fan. And you mentioned the business of being a hockey player. Yeah. How much of an eye opener was that to yeah. see how much there is to it? It's incredible. A uh, huge eye opener. I thought I understood it, Brian, but you really don't understand it until you go through the repetitions and you go through the movements each and every day. The biggest eye opener for me was traveling. Now, I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to travel with the team, just going through day to days in terms of morning skates, practices, game days, and just how structured everything is. You don't really get a grasp of that until you truly live it. And then when you're traveling every second day, especially on a five game road trip, over 10 days and you're traveling every second day, that wears down on you. And we're not even playing the games. You know right. what I mean? So uh, can you imagine having to play against elite athletes each and every night? And then also on top of that traveling, you have certain bus times, you have meetings, you have video sessions, all these other components that lead up to the product on the ice that we almost as fans initially don't gain a appreciation for because we don't see it. There's a certain saying that always stuck with me as going back to my PCL days when I was a laborer for PCL and pretty funny story. I was always a hard worker on, on the site and there's another gentleman who <laughs> I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he wasn't necessarily <laughs> the hardest worker. Out right. There. I think we all know somebody like that. <laughs> yeah. And he just said, you know what, Tony, if you stay out of sight, you're out of mind. So that way he would maybe go like bugger off and go do small tasks while I was always, you know, in front of my, my bosses, my foremans, I was always present. So people would always ask, me to do things because I was there. Whereas nobody would ask the other gentleman anything because nobody knew where he was. So he was out of mind. It didn't really come to their attention. And the same thing kind of transpires in this day to day. We don't get to see all the behind the scenes work, but there's so much work that goes into it, Brian, that it's it's pretty remarkable. For listeners who might not know, Tony, you landed your job with the Oilers months before you even uh, graduated from radio and TV here at Nate. So that seems like the dream outcome for any student, regardless yeah. of program. Yeah. But it's not like that job happened overnight for you. You put in a lot of work during your student days covering games for the Ooks and things like that. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I always, I can always pinpoint the day where my life changed. November 2nd, 2016. That day I was freshly graduated from Nate with my business degree. And I was about six months into my career, my business career. And I, you know, I had a good day. Like I was, I was working in sales. I, I love talking to people. I love communicating. I love the challenges of reaching sales targets. I get very motivated by that when I have goals to reach each and every day, but something was missing and I couldn't pinpoint it, Brian. It took a couple of days, but November 2nd, 2016, I kind of just laid there. Room was dark had no distractions, no music playing, no lights, nothing. I just kind of laid there for about two, three hours, just kind of gathering my thoughts. And I like to call it mental recalibration. I recalibrated that day because I realized what was missing and it was me not chasing my dreams. And I got so caught up in my first 24 years on this earth in just getting a steady job or going with the safe route or you know, pleasing my parents with a steady and safe job because obviously immigrant parents, they don't really know all of the options that are out there. They have certain options in mind that they want you to do. Now, my parents were great. They never put pressure on me, but I wanted to do it for them. But I lost 
track of my own dreams. So November 2nd, 2016, I decided that I'm going to go into TV because ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a meteorologist on the Weather Network and I had a fascination of being in front of the camera. Of course, sports kind of transpired throughout my junior high and high school days and I wanted to be a sports reporter. But I made the decision that day that I was going to work in sports one day and I was going to be in front of the camera. I went to school, took seven to eight classes each semester here at the radio and TV program, took on four part-time jobs during that as well. Wow. Sleeping what, three what hours kinds of night. jobs did you do yeah. during that time? I was the Nadukes broadcaster, so color commentator, reporter, did my own website. So I wrote for them as well. And then I also was a host at a few events for them. So many different caps there, which was fantastic. I actually worked with the Oilers during my school days as an event team guy. So at Oil Kings games, I'd be throwing t-shirts and during Oiler games, I'd be helping out with all the promotions and all that stuff. One of my other jobs was Bell Media. I was on their street team working with Virgin Radio, TSN 1260 and the bear and then also got some ctv gigs out of that too so bell media was another one and the fourth job was with dome production so i was actually working with rogers sportsnet and nbc sports whenever they were hosting other games at rogers place and i was kind of helping out with just camera crew work being a runner helping wrap up cables and and all of that fun jazz and then i was also volunteering a little bit of my time with a local football team as well so i was announcing for them so five total things including four part-time jobs wow that's amazing yeah. So <laughs> sleep was optional during during uh, your student days then? <laughs> you know what? I joke around about this all the time, but I honestly think I slept three hours a night. Like that was max. What, what kept you motivated to work that hard for so long? It's all about understanding your why. Why you're doing certain things. I think, again, sometimes in day-to-days, we lose our why. And my why was to make my parents happy. So I have a tattoo on my arm of my parents' birth years. And the reason why I got that tattoo is to help me remind myself why I'm doing everything that I'm doing. Because in the moment, and we're all guilty of this, if we have to wake up a little earlier than usual, we'll wake up and we'll just let out a a little bit of a grunt, like, oh, it's like 4.30 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., whatever time, whatever early is. And you kind of just start the day off on, on a negative note, if you will, even if it's very minor. And all I did was I got the tattoo and I look at my tattoo every day. I'm like, hey, it's go time. It's my motivation because my parents came into this uh, country in 1981. And and just for clarification, your parents are- are Uh, From India. Right. Nirmal and Darshan. And they came into Canada in 1981 for one purpose and one purpose only. And that's to to see their kids happy. So my question to myself on that day on November 2nd, 2016 was, how can I make Tony Brar the happiest he can be? And this is how. And it's by through hard work and through determination that I'm going to get to where I want to be one day. And I'm proud to say I'm working one of my dream jobs now, but there's a lot more to come. So obviously it sounds like your parents have had a major influence on your life. That's yeah. an understatement. But in terms of the game of hockey, uh, I understand there there was a strong connection between you and your father yeah. watching hockey growing up. Can you tell us a little bit about what that meant for you? Yeah. Hockey was the connection between my dad and I for so long, especially in my younger days. So I remember being five years old and watching Hockey Night in Canada with my dad because my dad would work out in Fort McMurray all the time. Uh, he would be on shift there, 14 and seven shifts, sometimes 21 and three. So he'd be working for 21 days straight and then have three days off to come home. What did he do up there? He's a laborer. 
for okay. PCL as well, which is Makes why sense. I worked for PCL yeah. during my business degree as well. He would come home and it would always be on a weekend. And then Saturday night, the thing that kind of kept our relationship intact, because it's obviously tough to have a relationship with your dad when he's gone all the time. You can talk all you want, but there's nothing like having that in-person presence. And the thing that we always connected about and always chatted about was hockey and the Oilers and what was happening with Doug Wade or Ryan Smith or whatever the case was. He would just prop me up in his lap and we would watch Hockey Night in Canada for two and a half hours. And those are the greatest two and a half hours of every week that I could imagine. So it was pretty special. And that connection to hockey Hockey is so strong because it's such a strong connection to my dad as well. Hockey, you know, it's an important cultural touchstone for so many Canadians. And it sounds like uh, it may have been as well for your father as, as a first generation Canadian. How much did he learn about Canada through, through hockey? I think a lot. I think for my dad and my mom at the time, when they moved to Canada in 1981, they only knew each other and they didn't really have much. Um, my dad came with like dollars in the wallet and that was it like it's so important that wherever you go whether it be a new country or for kids our age like a new school it's so important that we have some sort of connection and for my dad that connection was the Edmonton Oilers and that's obviously the glory days right 1984 they win their first cup 85 87 88 90 and my dad got to witness all of that within his first decade in Canada which is why I think for my dad in turn hockey means so much to him because that was his first connection to this new country that gave him this new opportunity for him and his family powerful it's amazing so obviously you're too young to have faced uh, to experience the battle of alberta from the from the 80s yeah, and whatnot right. <laughs> uh you weren't alive then but was that something that your dad shared with you growing up when you were watching like the ryan smiths yeah my dad would always talk about uh the stanley cups of course the battle of alberta's talked about how just the viciousness of it and he would always talk about it and like i would always like kind of just sit there like a kid just kind of admiring my dad and just watching him do his thing and he'd get so excited about it I'd always talk about the play playoff series against Winnipeg. He always liked talking about the Leafs too, which is why I always watch the Toronto Maple Leafs too, just because that was another connection for him. Think about it. Every Saturday night, he's home. Hockey night in Canada is always playing the Leafs. So Back then, he, you had no choice, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. And they're still playing on every Saturday, even up to this point. So my dad kind of has a soft heart for the Leafs too. And I think that kind of transpired to me, but always talked about the Battle of Alberta. And now it's awesome because now it's back with Matthew Kachuk and Zach Cassian getting after it. And then, Wait a minute. I think Kachuk, that's a four-letter word that we have to bleep out here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot, but it's cool because as soon as that happened, my dad would call me during the game, like during the game while I'm working. And I'm like, Hey dad, like, is everything okay? I thought it was like an emergency. He's like, did you see that hit? I'm like, yeah, dad, I'm here. Like I'm in Calgary. And he's like, he's just so excited that he needed to express it. And I was happy that uh, he called me during the game. Even if I was working, that's a phone call I'll take any day of the week. So you mentioned your business degree and you made some allusions to perhaps going down that road to make your parents happy. So I'm just wondering, what did they think about your dream of being in broadcast sports? You know what? Um, like I said before, Brian, like my parents are great. They're always so supportive and I'm very fortunate for that. I think I almost constructed something in my own head where I thought my parents would disapprove of it, even though... A part of me knew they wouldn't. I, I just constructed it in my own head. Like, oh, they, they're not going to be supportive of this. And I have no idea why I thought that. But 
again, November 2nd, 2016, when I shared it with my brother and then my parents, the only thing that they said was, okay, let's go for it. I remember talking to my dad, Elliot Friedman was on the TV as soon as it happened. And I'm like, dad, I want to be like that guy. Because I, I don't know how else to explain it to my parents because their English isn't the best. But uh, the best way to explain it was, you see him right there? I want to be that guy. And my dad's like, let's do it. Why not? I think it was more on myself than anything because my parents have always been supportive about it. They didn't really know exactly what it was when I first told them. But then after a couple of months, they started seeing it firsthand and started gaining an appreciation for it. What What was the reaction like when you, you got to tell them the good news that, hey, I'm, I'm going to be working for the Edmonton Oilers? You know what? That's pretty special. One of the most special moments in my life. It's what I call a core memory for me. Calling my dad. He was the first person I called. You can tell he was kind of tearing up a little bit, knowing that I was going to be working for the team that essentially was the connection between him and this great country. It was pure bliss. And I remember I had to, I had to wait to tell my mom because my mom's kind of old fashioned, doesn't have a cell phone. So I had to wait till she was done work and then call the home line and all that stuff. But my dad's reaction was, was absolutely priceless. That's amazing. Obviously, the Edmonton Oilers, there's no shortage of big name stars on the team. Connor McDavid, obviously being first and foremost in everybody's mind and Dreisaitl. Who is your favorite uh, player to interview for the Oilers? Oh, good question. I want to say they're all great. I know it's such a cliche answer, but when you're around the team a lot and they see a recognizable face each and every day, whether it's on the road, uh, on the plane with them or at the hotel and just a quick stop chat. Hello, how you guys doing? That's it. Uh, it all it almost just helps them grow a comfortability factor with you. So each guy that I interview is is great. One guy that I always find insightful is Alex Chason. Always pauses, always gives you a very insightful answer as to why. I'm a big sucker for the why. So when he explains why of something, it's, it's always great. Darnell Nurse is always fantastic. Of course, Connor and Leon are great. They have to talk to the media every day, so they got their reps in quite a bit. So they're all great, but I would say the one guy that really stands out when I initially think of this question is Chase On, for sure. You might not be an NHLer, but I understand that uh, you're a pretty uh, accomplished ball hockey player. You played on Team India's ball hockey team and even played at several world championships. Yep. How long have you been playing the game? I've been playing ball hockey since I was 15 years old. So that would be back in 2007. I actually started playing ice hockey before ball hockey. I originally started playing ice hockey at 15. I played up until 18, aged out as a junior, and then just kind of went full-time in ball hockey. But during the summers of those years uh, of my ice hockey career, if you want to call it. I started taking up ball hockey and it started taking off right away. And I always grew up playing street hockey at uh, Kate Chagwin Junior High School. So it kind of translated perfectly for me and a little bit more equipment, which is fine, but been able to play that and then transpired into playing at the provincial level, the national level, and then eventually the world level. Played for Team Canada in 2012, where we won the World Junior Championship Gold, which is pretty special in Pardubici, Czech Republic. So wow. yeah, I've been able to travel the world because of that game. So get to travel North America for work, of course, and then I get to travel the world for ball hockey. So it's pretty special. It looks like you're doing uh, quite a bit of public speaking now. Um, in addition to your work with the Oilers, you've actually come back to campus here a few yep. times to give some talks. Can you tell me a little bit about what, what you've been up to and why? I always found that I'm a huge cheese ball. I always try to articulate like motivational quotes, if you will, or like finding ways to motivate the people that I love the most or my friends or, or whoever, my teammates. And they're like, 
like, oh, man, you should become a motivational speaker. Like, you're so good at this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, you know what? Like, I don't even know the field. I'm not even familiar with it. But I'm like, why don't I just try my own version of it, really? I don't want to call it motivational speaking yet, but just want to kind of share my story of chasing your dreams, knowing that it's possible. Because again, I put it in my own mind that perhaps that this life that I live now wasn't attainable. And that was all on me. Once I kind of got over those fears and over those hurdles that as soon as you put sheer determination, hard work and consistency all into one motion, that that snowball is going to start building momentum and you'll become unstoppable. So that's the way I kind of look at it is how can I share my experiences to help others? Well, Tony, I really appreciate you coming here and, and joining us today. Um, you, you're an inspiration. You're a winner on and off the ice. Um, I appreciate that. Thank so you. So I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know about on the ice, though. Well, have you seen, have behind you seen the my scenes. edge work? It's behind the, brutal. Behind the scenes, definitely. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> Around it, Around the rig. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Tony Brar for being part of today's episode. And thank you for listening. I'd also like to thank Jesse Ambrock, our Nate radio and TV practicum student who is helping out on the production side. In the episode show notes, you'll find related Tech Life Today stories, including a feature story about Tony. There's also a profile of longtime Edmonton anchor, Daryl McIntyre, and a story about his meteorologist colleague, Josh Claussen, and his hip hop alter ego.